Thanks for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. Our hope is that it helps you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. That right there was my guy, Spencer Lortz. Love that guy. I love that guy. His mom is proud. Spencer, your mom is proud of you. Absolutely. Well, guys, as you know, um, a couple months ago, I walked up here and told you that I would be um, resigning as a student minister and taking a new job at the church. But I uh, told you I didn't know exactly what I was going to be doing at that point in time. But now I do know, and so I'm excited to tell you, uh, what I will be spending most of my time doing is working with all of our missionaries uh, that we support. So you support over 20 missionaries here at Christ Church. I'm going to be spending most of my time uh, supporting to them, talking to them, encouraging them, sometimes going to visit them. And uh, it's, you can think of it like this. Um, Drip and ice are breaking up and fish and chip are getting back together is kind of what's going on. So um, don't tell ice. Uh, he's upset about it still. But Chip or Fish or whoever he was is excited about it. So um, I should know by this. I was half of both of those things. Um, so I also have other news, which is exciting, and it doesn't involve me quitting. Uh, it involves Andrew and I's family. So as you know, we have Willie, who's crazy. We have uh, another baby who's coming in August. We went to the doctor yesterday and we got to see the ultrasound, which was really cool. And people have been asking me how I'm doing because uh, they know one of my biggest fears is pregnant women. They've been asking me uh, how I'm doing with that. And I have been, I've had so fun. This has been awesome. Uh, I'm not even being a joke. Uh, I'm being serious. It's been so fun. Like seeing, hearing the heartbeat, seeing the pictures. Our baby is not cute. I saw it yesterday and uh, wow. <laughs> The baby is not as cute as Willie. Um, but we also found out the gender. You guys want to know the gender? Um, okay, well, here's the deal. On the count of three, say boy or girl, whatever you think it is, okay? So think about it for a second. Think about boy or girl. Think about it a second. All right, on the count of three, yell it out. One, two, three. Okay, I've heard a lot of roars. Um, so I will tell you, um, but you have to give me a drum roll, please. Okay. Baby H is... A secret, because I haven't told my mom yet. So I got to tell my mom before I tell you guys. And so you'll find out soon enough, just not tonight. Have you ever, have you ever had this situation? In, I just got booed. Have you ever had, which is probably deserved. Uh, have you ever had this situation in, okay, I know. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, it was mean. It was mean. But uh, you guys didn't laugh at my fish and chip uh, joke. So I had to do it. But... Anyways, have you ever been in a situation like this where you ask somebody what they want to eat and they say, I don't know. It's like one of the most simple questions that produces the most stress and anxiety in our life. It's one of those really weird moments. You've been in a situation like that. I'm sure you have because I have. Andrea and I find ourselves in this situation all the time. I will ask her, hey, where do you want to go eat? And she'll be like, you can choose. I'll be like, all right, we're going to McDonald's. And she says, pick another place. And I'll be like, that's rude because you told me I could choose and I chose Mickey D's. So recently my mom came up from Oklahoma and decided she was going to watch Willie for us on a Friday night so Andrew and I could go on a hot date. And uh, we were going and Andrea let me choose. And so we start driving and I, I just said, I'm going to choose. And she's like, that's great. That's awesome. I love you. And I start driving and as we're going, we're enjoying the conversation, enjoying the evening. Although we love Willie, it was nice to be away from Willie for a little bit. And we start going and she asked me, by the way, where are we going? And I said, Fazoli. And she says, no, pick a different place. I'm like, oh my goodness, man. I love Fazoli's. And so we go to a different place and we sit in the parking lot for 45 minutes when we could have had hot, buttery, garlicky breadsticks. And we're sitting in this parking lot and 
We have to find something to do. And so we're watching some videos and we come across this video. Number two stuck out to me as ironic that night we watched it, but I'll show you a few of them. So check out this video. All right, guys, so I got reasons why my wife's mad at me, part three. Um, an old lady called me a handsome young man at the grocery store, um, and that was very disrespectful for her to do. I should have told that old lady to kick rocks and get lost and to never look at me again. That's, again, my fault. I should have said that. Uh, two, she asked me to choose where I want to eat, and I chose the wrong place. Again, very inconsiderate of me. I should have asked my wife where she wants to eat when she asked me where I want to eat. Again, I'll make sure to be a better husband next time. Three, my first time at Disneyland was with my mom when I was three and not her. Um, I should have waited patiently until I finally met her when I was an adult. Four, the Starbucks near us closed Christmas Day. Um, again, uh, I need to make sure to fix this and break into Starbucks and create a felony so that way I can make her a coffee uh, from Starbucks. So I think there's like seven of those lists out there that you can find. All of them pretty true. But... Uh, I am uh, excited to be in the scripture tonight, talking uh, through once again the sermon that Jesus preached called the Sermon on the Mount. If you remember, he's up there preaching, this preacher on the mountain, and there's probably thousands of people listening to him uh, preach. And we're towards the end of the sermon, and this is what Jesus says. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened to you. This has been a passage of scripture throughout history that has been uh, abused and mistreated, trying to be understood correctly, but often misapplied. If you don't hear anything else tonight, I want you to hear this. The Father is waiting for you to ask. A-S-K, ask, seek, and knock. That is to say, he wants you. He is inviting you to ask him, to seek for him, and to knock on the door of his heart. If you would go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes, and I would like to pray for us as we start this evening. Father, thank you for uh, the opportunity to gather and talk through the words of Jesus. I ask, Lord, that you would help us to understand this passage of Scripture and to understand your heart. Uh, Father, we want our hearts purified, our desires to cleanse, to line up with your heart and your desires. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would do that tonight in this place. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. Jesus is teaching that crowd and he continues. He says, which of you, because there's a lot of parents sitting in the crowd, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Now, it's a rhetorical question, but I could suppose that there might have been a jerk there. He continues, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask them? Now, these three verses kind of hurt my feelings, but at the same time, they give me great confidence. Jesus calls the listening parents evil, therefore including me as a new dad with that same adjective, evil. Now, if I were to give you a list of 10 words describing myself, I would not choose evil to be in the top 10 descriptors of Drake. Now, I wouldn't make them all good, maybe 50-50, some positive, some negative. I would probably mention uh, impatience with good looks or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd probably like balance it out a little bit. But I would not have put evil on my top 10 list. And you might have some not so kind words to describe me on occasion, but I doubt one of those words would have been evil. And I wouldn't describe you with that word evil because when I look at you and I look at me, I don't really think of us as evil people. 
But to be fair to our Lord and Savior who's preaching this sermon, it's actually a pretty good word to use when you're comparing earthly parents to the heavenly father. Because the only word that you could probably use to compare and contrast an earthly parent to that heavenly father is if the heavenly father is good, then the word that makes sense for that earthly parent is evil. So it kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. But also it gives me great confidence because I know the way that I parent Willie and I know most of your parents and how they parent you. And if my understanding is correct, they love you like I love Willie. Like I know Willie too. I know what Willie needs and Andrea knows what Willie needs. Willie needs to eat. He needs his diaper changed. He needs to rest and he needs to play. And so Andrea and I feed him. We change his diaper, even though it's gross, and we give him space and time to rest and to play. We also know what Willie doesn't need. Willie doesn't need to drink water from the toilet. And so we don't let him crawl into the bathroom alone. Willie doesn't need to crawl into the fireplace. So we put up a gate around the fireplace. Willie doesn't need a cell phone. And so he won't be getting one until he's 30. Like we are good parents kind of, and we know what to do. And if even those of us who are parents here on this earth know what to do, how much more then than our father in heaven, who is infinitely good and infinitely powerful, who loves us and can provide us with anything and everything that we need. This is the point that Jesus is trying to make. He's not trying to hurt feelings on that mountain so that people walk down sad. He's trying to make a point that there is a God in heaven, the one who created the moon and the stars and the sea and everything in this universe. That is their heavenly father. And it's also true that their heavenly father is the one who sent his one and only son, that preacher there on the mountain, to save, to die in place of everybody. Christ is making the point that God is infinitely powerful and infinitely good to be able to do all of these things that people need him to do. He lacks nothing. And I want you to remember tonight, the Father is waiting for you to ask. A-S-K, ask, seek, and knock. Let me ask you a question. Knowing that you have the opportunity to ask, seek, and knock on the door of the one who is the most powerful, what are you going to ask him? There's a hotel in California. It's called the Magic Castle Hotel. It's in Los Angeles. And at this hotel there by the pool is this red phone that hangs on the wall. Now, you might be wondering, what's the red phone for? Is it to call the president? No, it's even better. Here's what you get to do with the red phone. As you're sitting there by the pool, you can get up, grab that red phone, and you We'll pick it up and there'll be somebody on the other line who is ready to listen to you and you get to tell them whether you want a cherry, an orange, or a grape popsicle and they will bring it to you poolside on a silver platter free of charge. Pretty awesome. All you have to do is pick up that red phone and tell them what kind of popsicle that you want and they'll bring it to you. Now, the Magic Castle is consistently rated and reviewed as one of the best hotels in the country. And I need to show you a couple of pictures. This one right here, it doesn't really look like it's all that spectacular. Like it's not like super fancy or cool. It's not even really big. And the prices are actually uh, more than a lot of the comparable hotels in the area. But it's consistently ranked and reviewed as one of the best hotels in the country. All of because there's this little red phone that hangs on the wall where you pick it up and you get to tell them what kind of popsicle you want on a silver platter. 
If you had a red phone to that almighty being, what would you ask him for? Now, that question that I just asked you, if you had a red phone, at the end of it was an almighty being, what would you ask him for? Is a little bit of a troubling question that plays into this false belief that some people think is true. That God will give us anything that we ask him for. It's right there where he, where he speaks, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Some of us think that's what Jesus means. That if we ask him for something, he'll give it to us. No questions, no cause, no concern. He'll give it to us. But I need you to remember this that our father, which Jesus is speaking about, is a good father. And just like he can provide us with everything that we need, he can withhold from us things that we certainly do not need. Just because you ask God for something, you seek something, and you knock on a door to see if something is behind it, doesn't mean that God is going to give you everything that you ask for. Why? Because he is a good father and a good father knows that if you give everything that is desired, some of those desires are evil and if granted, they will corrupt your heart and your soul. And so hear me clearly, this is not what this text means that God will give you everything that you ask him for. What he will do is provide you with everything that you need and he wants you to ask him for those things that you need. But let me ask you a question. If you were to pick up a red phone with the almighty God on the other end of the line and he were to grant you the desires of your heart, would you be embarrassed? There's a paper at your chair and a pencil as well. I want you to pick it up. I'm going to invite you in this moment to start writing what the current desires of your heart are. Some may seem immature or evils. Others may be mature and good. I just want you to start writing. And I'm going to share a few of some of the friends that I asked that they've, that they've shared. Some of my friends said that they would be embarrassed if God fulfilled the hate that is in their heart. They would be embarrassed if God fulfilled the hate that was in their heart, what that would do to the people around them. They would be embarrassed at the way people would see them because of the hate in their heart, if God actually granted their desires. Others said they would be embarrassed of the lusts and the sexual desires in their heart. Embarrassed at the way it would cause pain to other people. Embarrassed of the way that they would be seen. Embarrassed of their sin, if God would grant them the desires of their heart. Other people said that they would be embarrassed about the materialism that would show up in their life if God granted them the desires of their heart, the money, the clothes, the shoes, just the stuff that would fill their life, seeing that there are other people who are in need, who are starving, who don't have, and yet here they are full with all the desires God could give them. Other people said jealousy. They would be embarrassed of who wouldn't be allowed to be in the room with them. They would be embarrassed at the, the envy that they, they have of other people, what other people have, what other relationships other people have. Other people said selfishness and discord. And you get the point. I get the point. If God granted every desire of my heart, I would be a little bit embarrassed of what was fulfilled. Wouldn't you? 
And now I know that not all of you are asking for God to smite people in your life or weird stuff or bad stuff or jealous stuff. But maybe it's just petty stuff like shoes. I'm not saying you can't talk to God about things, but a mark of a growing Christian, a Christian who is maturing, is when we stop asking God for things that we want for our selfish desires and we start asking God for the things that he has told us to ask him for. Jesus is speaking earlier in the sermon and he mentions this. He says, this is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Do you pray this way? Or is it just with your teammates at the end of a game or performance? On the other side, I want you to flip it over and start to write things that you know God desires in his heart. I made a list of my own of things that I know God desires. God desires our holiness. God desires that we would be more and more like Jesus. That is why Jesus prays and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He prays for faith. God wants our faith to be stronger. Over and over again, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament prays for the faith of other believers, and he asks other believers to pray for his faith that it would be strengthened, for unity. Jesus prays here, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors, that there might be peace among people. For God's glory, hallowed, holy be his name. For orphans and widows, for people who are down and out, for the poor and the neglected, for healing, physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, for the nation that people not just in this area, but people around the world would come to know Jesus and the peace and the life that he offers. Like I said, a mark of a maturing Christian, a growing Christian, is when we stop only asking for the things of our heart and instead deny the things that we want and in turn pray for the things that God desires. When we start to ask, seek, and knock for the things that are on God's heart. So if you have a red phone ever in your life, in which you do because you have a line to the Almighty One, and you have the opportunity to speak to Him, my question for you is this, what are you going to start asking Him for? Because those people up there on the mountain have to make a decision. Am I going to continue to ask for the desires of my own heart, although they are evil? Or will I ask for the desires of the heart of the Father and watch him provide what we ask for, for healing, for unity, for faith, for the salvation of the world? Let's ask for those things. Let's seek for those things. And let's knock on the door of God's heart for those things. And every one of us has that phone that we get to pick up and we get to call our heavenly Father who is good and knows how to give good gifts. In this moment, I want to read another scripture. Because in this moment, I recognize that there are some people in this room who do not have a relationship with the Father and have never picked up a phone to call on him. Jesus ends this section of the sermon with these words. 
Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. There is an invitation offered to every single one of us in this room. And some of you have accepted that invitation. The invitation is this, to choose Jesus, the narrow gate, that narrow road. But there are some of us in the room who have not. And no pressure tonight, but I want to explain to you what is available to you. Number one, a loving father who cares deeply for you, who wants to have a relationship with you, who knows those desires of your heart that you have written down, and he is not embarrassed of those desires, but he wants to purify those desires. A father who is all-powerful, who can give you the desires of your new heart. For when he comes into your life, he will begin to transform and purify the desires of your heart. And you get to participate in this community that calls on God to strengthen our faith, to bring unity amongst our people and to save the world. And you get to engage in a relationship with a glorious, almighty, loving God. What do you have to do? What does it mean to enter through the narrow gate, that road that leads to life? You're not the first person to ask that question. 2,000 years ago, people began to ask this question of what do we do to follow Jesus? And one of Jesus' best friends, his name is Peter, a leader in the church, spoke to a crowd and he said this, repent, which means to turn from your sin, your evil desires, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. For all whom the Lord our God will call. You see, Time and time again, we get to pick up the phone and call on our Heavenly Father. We get to ask Him. We get to seek after Him. We get to knock on the door of His heart. But before we do that, we have to answer a call that He has given us. We have to pick up the phone and listen to the love that He has for us in His Son, Jesus. And I know tonight that there are some of you who have never done that. And my consideration for you tonight is to consider whether or not you want to experience this love, have this love, have this relationship. Whether or not you want to turn from your evil desires, stop the sinful way that you were living and turn to God and the desires that he has for you. And whether or not you want to be baptized into this family, being buried with Christ in baptism and in death and being raised to the newness of life that he has to offer us. I'm going to ask right now that all of the group leaders would spread out around the back of the room. And as your leaders are spreading out around the back of the room, students, here's what I would like for you to do. First, I want you to look at that card that you have. On the front, you know, those desires of your heart, some of which may seem shameful or sad. Remember when I talked about the desire of God's heart? That we would be unified, that our debts would be forgiven, 
If you are in Christ, your debts are forgiven. And what we do to practice the grace that he has given us, to live in the truth that he has for us, is we confess our sins and we confess the evil desires of our heart. And so one of the things that I'm gonna ask you to do is as I leave the stage this evening and as the band continues to lead us in worship, I'm gonna ask that you would find your leader and take that card with you and just ask them to pray over you asking that God would remove these desires from your heart and purify your heart to look like his. And the second thing I would ask is any of you who have never decided to answer that call from God, who is calling you to accept the love he has for you. If you've never done that and you would like to do that, your leader would love to talk to you about that, about turning from your sin and turning to Jesus and being baptized in his name. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. As Kalisa and the band lead us, as soon as my prayer is done and I've said amen, you're free to stand up and go and talk to your leader. And here's what I want you to do with that card and that pencil. I want you to keep it with you. I want you to show it to your leader. And I want you to take it to group tonight so you can talk about it as a group. Asking God to purify your group's desires and make your heart like his. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this evening. Father, I ask that you would, through the power of your Holy Spirit, move in the lives of the students right now. Father, as we give time to respond, would you prompt them to neglect and deny and get rid of any shame or embarrassment that they may feel? Father, that we would not be embarrassed by the desires of our heart, but eager to remove them and to purify them through the blood of your son. Father, I'm asking that you would call people in this room who have never accepted Jesus tonight to decide to repent of their sins and be baptized into him. Father, my ask is that you would use this for your glory and for the good of this student ministry and this church and this community in which we live and ultimately the world, that the whole world would come to know you. So Father, I ask tonight that you would move in our hearts, that our hearts would look more like yours. And I ask this in Christ's name, amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. We hope that this teaching is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. If you're interested in learning more about Christchurch, visit us online at cco.church.